Again, it is a joy and privilege to join in being reminded and coming before Almighty God to be led in, in song, beautiful song. Matter of fact, our first hymn is one that we sang at Kathy and I's wedding. So one that I always remember with great joy. And be sure to tell her that I said that. And it is this uh, glorious God of grace and mercy that, that we're inviting into every area of our lives, considering our lives metaphorically like a house, inviting Jesus into the kitchen, the place where we, we work and where we toil, the place where we can be distracted from Him and in inviting Him in to the kitchen. Last week, inviting him into the family room, into those uh, most significant relationships with spouses, children, parents, and then even beyond, inviting Jesus in to lead us so that as the Apostle Paul says, that we will subject ourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. And today, we move to a different room. We invite Jesus into the game room. Invite Him into that, that place where we play. This is characterized by, by leisure, by what, maybe what we call free time or vacation. The place where we engage in our hobbies and sports. From Camping to spelunking to knitting and all in between. That, that place that we, we call our avocation. Not our vocation, but avocation that we enjoy and give ourselves to. And we could have said invite Jesus in onto the ball field or onto the court or the dance floor, into the camping tent or the park or the iPod, the computer the TV, the place where we rest or recreate. What's your game room? Get it, get it, each of us have a different game room, a different thing that we do when we play, whether we're skiing or sailing or painting or fishing, knitting or running, collecting stamps, working with wood or tinkering with electronics or mechanical gizmos. Where's your game room? And let's begin now to invite the Spirit to lead you to say, how, do, how can I invite Jesus into the game room? Our passage this morning is 1 Corinthians 10, 23-31. I believe what's typed is is incorrect at least one of the digits is incorrect it's 10 chapter 10 of first corinthians verse 23 through 31 so it's not going to be on your screen but will be still in your bible page 932 if you'd like to turn there in the in the pew bible let's uh, let's pray together Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for your glorious grace 
and mercy and love for us that extends to all areas of life. Speak to us this morning from your written word through your living word. We desire and need and want to hear from you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 starting with verse 23. Hear the word of the Lord. All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Do not seek your own advantage, but that of the other. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience, for the earth and its fullness are the Lord's. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it out of consideration for the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I mean the other's conscience, not your own. For why should my liberty be subject to the judgment of someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why should I be denounced denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, it may be just the idea of inviting God into the game room raises up some questions for you. It did for me. As I considered it, on the one hand, I thought, well, why? I don't want to invite God into the game room. That's my time. That's my place. That's my vacation. Even get to take a vacation from Jesus. So I don't know that I want to invite him in there. Or you may even say, well, isn't that a waste of time for Jesus to spend time in the game room? Doesn't he have bigger fish to fry? Doesn't he, have, doesn't he need to spend his time elsewhere, more significant places? Maybe you share the same questions or concerns. And as I considered that, considered some of those questions that welled up within me, realized that one, that that represents and reveals uh, some really some wrong ideas about Jesus. The first is a a wrong idea saying, well, that's my time, not Jesus' time. Well, that's wrong right there. And every second that we have, every breath that we take is a gift from our Creator. And it's also wrong-headed in that, you know, I still get that notion that Jesus is sort of a killjoy. You know, that every once in a while it'll well up within me, you know, that if if God sort of sees me having a good time, he's going to zap me. You, you have that, everyone? Maybe it's just me, and maybe I'm just weird. But... What we have to understand and believe and truly recognize is that God is good. That what Jesus said, He came to give life and life to the full, that He meant that. And He meant all of life, that He is indeed Lord of all. 
And then in every area of our life desires to lead us in the ways of the fulfillment of life. That just the opposite of being a killjoy, the very fruit of walking with him in every area of life brings joy. He doesn't kill it. He brings it. He enhances it. He is joy. All the more reason to invite him into the game room. Yeah, I mean, my favorite passages, and we've talked about it already a couple weeks ago, but when Jesus, I mean, he was always at parties. And he saved people, but he even saved a party on an occasion or two. When the wine was running out, he took the water and made it into wine in order to save the party. I mean, he was the one that folks wanted in their game room, at their parties, at their free time, because he brought joy. He is life. Granted, you know, these, this playroom is a secondary place, this, this place of game room. It, it's, it's not necessarily the place where the, the greatest work is done. But Jesus is just as present and active there, fulfilling his purposes in us and his purposes in the world. And if we are there, then He is there in us. To lead us, to experience life to the full. I mean, remember, it was, it was God in the very beginning who said, take one day off out of seven. Rest, recreate, enjoy. Eric Liddell, some of you may remember the movie, it's gosh, it's what, 30-something years old now, Chariots of Fire. He he was the flying Scotsman, he was the fastest man in the world in the 1920s. And he he was uh, headed for the 24 Olympics, the 1924 Olympics, and it was a few months out and he heard that the 100 meters, which was his specialty, was going to be run on a Sunday. And for him, he, he, was, he didn't run on Sunday. He, he ran the other six days, but he didn't run on Sunday because that was his day that he was in church. So he pulled out of the 100 meters. But decided, he saw that the 400 meters was not on Sunday. So he just a few months out started training for the 400 meters and eventually wins the race, even sets a world record at the time in the 400 meters. Well, Eric Liddell said this, my favorite quotes, great, one of the great quotes in the movie. If you, if you never have seen it, Chariots of Fire, it's a, it's a winner. I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And inviting Jesus into the game room, the the place that we enjoy things, is when we enjoy them, is indeed even to feel the very pleasure of Jesus. Now, you might be saying, well, that's really interesting, makes sense, but what does the passage have to do with the game room? I mean, they're talking about food sacrificed to idols. That's a good question. And really, the specifics of the passage, 
don't relate to us today. I mean, we don't have food sacrificed to idols in a literal sense. But the principles that Paul is giving here are exactly what applies in something like the playroom and the game room. I mean, what was going on in Corinth in that day was there's food being sacrificed to idols and the, the Christians were wondering, Can, do we eat it or not eat it? And Paul says, hey, it doesn't matter. There's no law either way. And he even quotes from the philosophers of the day. You know, all things are lawful. He quotes a couple times. And this is what we call, this is a free one here, um, adiaphora, which is the you know, one of the fancy theological terms that really where the church said, whatever. You know, doesn't matter. And he says here, you know, eat it, don't eat it. You know, the food and whether it's sacrificed to idols, uh, whatever. Uh, that doesn't matter. But here's what matters. Here's, here's what matters. Yes, all things are lawful, but, he says, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. All things are lawful, but they're not necessarily good for you. And all things may be lawful, but they're not necessarily good for y'all, for the community. They may not build up one another. And, and those are good principles to bring into the game room, the playroom, onto the court, to the dance floor, the lake, the cave, wherever, your game room. Your leisure is found. Is the game room beneficial? Is it beneficial to you? Are the things in which you participate when you play in your leisure, are they beneficial to you? Well, you know, for, for me, one thing that I, I do these days in playing is I play on the court. I play basketball. Well, I, I, or you could say I run up and down the court on a basketball court with nine other people who are playing basketball. And I do so for a number of good reasons. One, it's good to run up and down the court. It's good to exercise. Right, doctors? Good to exercise. Yeah, and to break a sweat. It also is not only good physically, but just good mentally. You know, it works out the, the stresses of life and those kind of things. And it's also a real good exercise in humility. Because I'm not good. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, the other day, last week, I airballed two layups. That's really hard to do, for those of you that don't understand. And, but I didn't miss a shot after that because nobody would pass me the ball for the rest of the time that we played. And I don't blame them. But it's beneficial in a number of ways, in the, the different ways that we participate in the, the things in our game room and playroom, wherever they might be, are beneficial to us. Uh, another way that uh, is beneficial to me is the, the, just the work that I do in the garden. Chick and I were talking about it uh, just before the service. You know, I've just plant, planted some seeds just this week. And you know, the, the thing about the garden, what is beneficial to me as I do that is one is it teaches patience. You know, you, you plant seeds, you water it, and now you wait. You know, you want to go pick up the dirt and you know, are they growing? Or, but that doesn't help the process. You just got to wait. 
And you got to see. It's going to grow. I think you know, Jesus used all time, types of agricultural metaphors. And so it's really easy to participate in something like gardening and yard work and, and benefit. I see Gif with a knowing look on his face. It's patience that it teaches. Let's you invite Jesus into your game room. He's going to be teaching and, and leading you and directing you in some way. Another thing that I, I find as I participate in the, the game room, in the playroom, whether it's gardening or just I just do just a little bit of woodwork. Just a little bit, and also painting and wall, hanging wallpaper and that kind of stuff. You do that for a little bit, and boy, you appreciate the good stuff. You start to appreciate the beauty. You appreciate the skill of the, the athlete or the, the dancer or what, whatever that you dabble in, the one who is excellent and gifted, who, who that is where God has placed them, you marvel at theirs. Once you begin to appreciate just how difficult it is or how challenging. Invite Jesus into the game room to show you what he's, what he's doing and teaching and leading you in those more relaxed times and to appreciate the beauty that God has created all around us and the gifts that God has given to those that are around us, whether it's on the court or in the garden or in the construction project. Now, also considered in the game room, two markers, two places to, to, that are, in a sense, sort of red flags when we're in the game room, when in our place of, of leisure, rest, what we enjoy doing, and, and, and where, where what we're participating in the game room moves from beneficial to detrimental. Is it beneficial or is it not? Invite Jesus in to help give some guidance. Well, at the basketball court, there are some guys, it's not healthy for them to be on a basketball court. I mean, they're going to blow an artery somewhere because they're arguing all the time over a foul or out of bounds or what the rules are. They miss their calling. they, They really should be in the courtroom. They'd be great. But on the basketball court, and they're arguing over those kind of things, it's like, guys, this is not good for you. I've been on a basketball court once or twice where adult men started fighting and pushing each other over a game. That's a good sign that they've moved from beneficial to detrimental. And it revolves around a word we'll call humor. Not if it's funny or not, but just your humor. Is it in good humor that you're participating in the the games, in the play of our recreation? And if, if we lose our humor, when I lose my humor, that's when I know it's time to go home, when it's time to put away the tools. It's not beneficial. It's not serving. It has become more important in my mind than it is in reality. If it's no longer fun, then switch. You know, there's sometimes, it, it tends to happen more 
uh, me and the, the gardening stuff. You know, if I lose my humor and the grass isn't growing because the kids are playing on the, gra- on the front yard too much, yeah, there's something wrong with me. The, the grass has become more important than the neighborhood children and my own children playing in the front yard. I'd say I've lost my humor and it's no longer beneficial. And I need to invite Jesus in in a hurry. And then when we move from that humor, then sometimes the playroom and game room can become an obsession or an addiction. It can become an unhealthy escape. And we, we, we encounter that too. There are times in my life when I've recognized I've had an unhealthy escape and whether it's the computer or the newspaper or the television. Just had to take a fast from them for a season. There's times the game room and the playroom can become an obsession or an addiction that's dangerous. And we need to invite Jesus in in a hurry so that he'll lead us out. It's no longer beneficial, but it's come detrimental. Where's your game room? Where's your playroom? And how is Jesus leading you into what is beneficial to you? And how is he leading you away from what may be detrimental? Now, the second principle that Paul then presents is how does the game room build up one another? How is it our play with others develops relationships building up each other in our interaction. It's there in in our our play with each other that the pace of life makes for a a more positive experience, common experience together. And and the pace of life can can provide an opportunity to really share life with each other. I mean, you know, some of my closest friends are still the guys that I played football with in high school haven't lived in the same in that in my hometown in almost 30 years but we we shared that common bond and that time with each other and still connect through another social medium called Facebook but it's a, a place an opportunity of of building one another up some of the greatest memories i have of my father are at the beach or with a fishing pole in our hand or with some sports ball. It, it, it builds up one another. Just this week, I was, uh, we were painting, or last week painting. You know, it's a good thing to have family come in town every couple years. And so we were we were painting the, the den, and when it was one of my children and I, and and. The child remembered like 10 years ago when we were painting a bedroom then. And we took time to first paint, get the paint, the same color, and just go paint our names and paint, I love mom and I love dad and I love Clara, I love Hannah, all over the room. And which, you know, was just this 
devious activity, according to my child, when we were doing it, laughing and giggling. And then, of course, we covered it up when we rolled over the whole room. But that child still remembered. I'd forgotten it till they told me as we were painting again just last week. The game room can be a place where we truly do build one another up in relationships and enjoy one another and even a great place to make God space with, with non-Jesus followers. You know, it's a great place for us to engage with others in the, in the game room where folks encounter Jesus followers as folks that are filled with joy that do enjoy others and enjoy life and, and they begin to engage with God as maybe God is, is that way also. And I played basketball with Matt in uh, Mobile for five years. And we got to know each other just in playing basketball with each other. And you know, he knew I was a preacher and I knew he was a college student who was non-religious and really enjoyed the party scene. And he was fully enmeshed in that. But we got to know each other playing basketball. It never would have happened otherwise. And then one day of playing basketball, Matt was downtrodden. You could just see it in his face. He didn't make a shot. He didn't ha- wasn't having a good time after the game. Matt, what's going on? How are you feeling? And then he just broke loose. He had stolen some money from his uncle in order to pay for school. And it's hard to know. Do you get mad at him for that or not? You know, I don't, don't know. But his uncle was the only man in his life who had a positive influence. And so he'd totally broken that trust. He, that's what he was really more worried about than he was conversations with the police. And so it was a great opportunity there where relationship had been built in, around a basketball, in the game room, on the court, that then we could talk about forgiveness. We could talk about Jesus' love for him. And we could talk about the, the story of the prodigal son, which he didn't even know. So yeah, this is God. But it taken five years of playing together that God finally orchestrated that time of making God's space. The, the game room and the playroom, great places for building one another up. Where's yours? Where's your, where's your game room? Where's, where's your playroom today? How is it beneficial to you? Invite Jesus in there and give Him thanks. Enjoy your, whatever happens in your game room with Him. Let Him bless you in your game room. In your game room and playroom, where, where do you, who are the other people that are there with you? Invite Jesus in so that you might truly be building one another, might be developing simply friendships and relationships and making God space with fellow believers or with those who are not yet believers. Encourage you and invite you this day at uh, at lunchtime. Have conversation with those that are around you. Just where is your game room? Where is your playroom? What does it look like for you to invite Jesus in? Amen.